Last summer, I did pastoral care work with the San Francisco Night Ministry. They are an organization that for over 50 years has offered a pastoral presence on the streets of San Francisco, primarily in the Tenderloin, at night, when people often feel most alone and vulnerable. So from 10 p.m. until 2 or 4 a.m., I walked very slowly through the Tenderloin, the Mission, Haight, Castro, and North Beach, only offering a peaceful presence, a listening ear, and words of prayer to folks who are most often ignored and overlooked, even in the daylight. And I spoke about this experience with a group, and afterwards, a woman call her Lisa, she told me about her feelings around her experience leaving the San Francisco Opera House and facing numerous unhoused folks as she was walking to her car. Now, I had talked with the group about needing to recognize the discomfort that we may feel in such situations and to be present to that to be curious about it. And she told me that while she really appreciated that, there was a lot more happening. She said that she felt guilty, that she had just gone to a fancy opera, and there were folks sleeping on the street. She said that she felt sadness, that we lived in a world with such inequality, that she felt frustration, that she couldn't fix the problem. And then she also felt anger that they ruined her otherwise lovely evening because now she felt guilty, sad, and frustrated. (laughs) And as she was telling me about these complex emotions that she's having in this circumstance, she was stepping further and further away from me. It was a very uncomfortable topic for her. However you wrestle with being around people who are in different life circumstances than you, you are not alone. Jesus offers us this parable precisely because being with people who are different from us is complex. And Jesus shows us that no matter how rich you are, What matters is if your wealth prevents you from loving others. If wealth gets in the way of affirming God's image in others or the humanity of others, then we are not living into our baptismal vows. Lisa was letting her desire for comfort get in the way of openness to the humanity of those around her. She saw them as causing her discomfort. But that's not really true, is it? So I invited her as she was backing away. (laughs) And I invite you, be 
curious about your internal responses to those around you. I noticed in myself as I was getting used to walking in the tenderloin, sometimes I would feel my gut tighten. Sometimes I would feel my shoulders raise or slump. And with compassion, it's important to be curious about this. The practice of investigation helps us understand where we're coming from. It helped me recognize I feel uncomfortable when I can't fix something. And I see homelessness as something that should be fixed. Like Lisa, I like to find solutions. But that comes from my own desire for control and peace. What is it in yourself that sparks feeling uncomfortable, judging or wanting to ignore others? Jesus asks, how is our judgment or discomfort preventing us from seeing others' humanity, from being in relationship? Part of what is so difficult about this parable is that the rich man, even in death, is not open to being in relationship with Lazarus. The rich man is not free to love Lazarus because he still operates in a system that uses Lazarus, that denies Lazarus' own belovedness. He wants to use Lazarus to get water. He wants to use Lazarus to send a message. He doesn't offer to go himself. The rich man has not been liberated from the bondage of judgment and status. Dr. King, when preaching on this parable, said that the most significant sin of the rich man was that he felt that the gulf which existed between him and Lazarus was a proper condition of life. The rich man felt that this was the way things were to be. He took the isness of circumstantial accidents and transformed them into the oughtness of a universal structure. He adjusted himself to the patent inequalities of the circumstance. Dr. King continues, God is saying, as I have bridged the gulf between human and God, so bridge you the gulf between person and person. Each of us is a potential rich man maybe not rich in material goods, but rich in education, rich in social prestige, rich in influence, rich in charm. At our gate stands some poor Lazarus who has been deprived of all of these. There is a gulf, but the gulf can be bridged by a little love and compassion. Bridge the gulf before it becomes too late. 
It is now passable, but it can become impassable. So get curious about what arises when you notice yourself being judgmental. Where does that come from? How does it feel? And then with courage, faith, and a little love and compassion, do not give in to judgment and discomfort. Those only isolate us from one another and from God. And then the gulf is impassable. Bridge the gulf. Choose to remain in relationship instead. Relationship defies selfishness, challenges our egotism, and shatters any assumption of unworthiness. In our baptismal vows, we commit ourselves to relationship. Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? And the response, we will with God's help. You know that response, say it again. We will with God's help. Will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being? We will with God's help. Our commitment to relationship means that we will never be comfortable with inequality. We will never be comfortable with division and isolation. Praise God. Dr. King preached, there are some things within our social order to which I am proud to be maladjusted and to which I call upon you to be maladjusted. I never intend to adjust myself to segregation and discrimination. I never intend to adjust myself to mob rule. The rich man was so adjusted to the circumstances of life that he could not imagine an equal relationship with Lazarus. King calls upon us to never adjust to systemic poverty, to remain maladjusted to the economic systems that would have us be comfortable with homelessness. Praise God, I am maladjusted enough to feel discomfort at economic disparity. Praise God, I am maladjusted enough to challenge the status of wealth. Praise God, I am maladjusted enough to see injustice and strive for peace. Praise God, I am too maladjusted to ignore the poor on my doorstep. Praise God, I am too maladjusted to accept a system of oppression and exploitation. Praise God, I am so maladjusted, I do not fear walking through the tenderloin at midnight. I choose to bridge the gap. When I want to be comfortable 
When I am weary of discomfort, may I remember that maladjustment is the gift of my Christian practice and my baptismal vows. And with a little love and compassion and support from you, I will turn to God. And let us finish with a prayer from Dr. King. God, grant that we may be so maladjusted that we will be able to go out and change our world and civilization. And then we will be able to move from the bleak and desolate midnight of man's inhumanity to man and into the bright and glittering daybreak of freedom and justice. Amen.